What's going on, everybody? This is Matt Dixon, and with me in studio today is... Justin Bruggeman. Yeah, and we've got the True Wealth radio show for you, and we are all fired up because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. <laughs> Justin, lead us off. What do we got for our listeners today? Well, first we got, which we're going off, what's in the news kind of today, mm -hmm. which this actually just sparked even when we were on our way here. Yeah. Um, Amazon is in the news, shocking, mm -hmm. I guess. Right. Um, they're seeing employees quit. And it's because Amazon is asking employees to go back to work, yep. and that is causing some issues logistically for the employees. Why? Right. Because ever since the the COVID pandemic, mm -hmm. they went to remote, and now they've put in stipulations that you have to come back to work. Um, yeah. Like and it was like three days a week or something like that. Yeah, it their was main like, hub. yeah, you got to go back to work three days a week. And the problem was is people relocated right. during the the covid time where you were allowed to work from home and so people you know moved all around the place and amazon's like hey we got to get people back in the building and so amazon employees are quitting left and right it's pretty wild yeah and kind of convenient timing like you have to move back it's like yeah well inflation's crazy that. mortgage rates are crazy mm -hmm. and housing prices are still high so it's like what do you do? Do you mm -hmm. uproot and move back or And a lot of people just simply can't afford to do it. And I think you just touched on the really big piece here. Mortgage rates are nearing you know well, they're not nearing eight percent. They're really close to it. I think it was like seven, seven and a half. Point, yeah, seven and a half. Which is a twenty one year high. Right? Yikes. So this yeah, this is this is interesting times. But that sounds like a lot of negative news, right? We're talking about you know, people quitting jobs, mortgage rates being pretty high. But today we wanted to bring you an interesting twist to the show where we're going to bring you all of this negative news that you're seeing, all this <laughs> negative headline news, but we're going to spin it in a positive direction and talk about um, how even though it might appear negative on the surface to grab your attention, there really might be some positivity and good news um, in the underlying details here. So, okay, so explain that. Yeah, I mean, 30-year mortgages, right? Um, we're seeing 7.5%. Okay, that sounds horrible, right? We get it. If you're a first-time home buyer, that's making things more difficult. It's harder to afford a home. It's harder to buy. But on the flip side, there can be some positivity around higher rates if, say, you have some cash on hand, right? Because in theory, if rates keep going higher, what should happen to home prices? Oh, they should eventually start rolling back to be affordable. Right. And so in the if you're if you're a buyer and you have some cash, opportunity might arise from these higher rates. And so, you know, even if you have to finance some of it, say you're not, you know, in a position to put a hundred percent of your money down on a house, okay? What if you do decide to get a loan and the home price is lower? You could turn around and potentially refinance if rates do go lower, and then you get the benefit of a lower price on your house. And then when you refinance in the future, you could go back to having a lower rate. Just Not that that's going to happen. <laughs> well, depends on maybe how long is that going right. to take to happen. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, but if you can afford the house now um, or here in the near-term future, well, if rates do come back down, now it's even more affordable on a refinance. So mm -hmm. there is some positivity. You just got to look for it. What else do we have to talk about today that is headline news, Justin? I don't know if I would consider it headline news, but, um, you know, the Fed's still remaining hawkish about inflation. Mm -hmm. You know, they're still trying to battle the inflation to get it back to around that 2% number, which... Right. Um, and, and they're talking about potentially more rate hikes. Yeah. We don't know yet if they're going to, but... And expectations, I think, are pretty small increments through, I think, last I looked, is through the beginning of 2024, mm -hmm. first, first, second quarter of 2024. Right. Um, so I don't know how much of a drastic impact that has because we're actually seeing the data actually coming through that it is slowing. Just yeah, inflation is slowing, just not at the you know drastic pace. And you know that's something I didn't even think to talk about, but you just brought it up, and that's a good point. Inflation, you know, has started to slow. The numbers are showing that, and so that is a good sign. Um, even though it's not where we want it to be, it mm -hmm. looks like the situation has improved a little bit. Um, I think one of the other things to look at right now is the U.S. does appear to be in better shape than some of the other major countries that are in play here economically. Um, you know, China really does have a lot of big concerns. Um, uh, Europe is also struggling. You know, there you look at some of the rate hikes um, in these other countries, and they haven't had a pause. We've at least had a few um, opportunities where we haven't seen a rate hike. Where um, last I checked, Europe was still hiking rates consecutively yeah, back to back remember. to back. Um, but you know, China has some concerns around around their real estate markets, and if those numbers are being manipulated. Um, so I think the U.S. still comparatively looks pretty strong, and I think that that helps in looking at, you know, everyone wants to talk about, is the dollar in trouble? Is the dollar right. in trouble? Um, but I think, you know, when you just look at um, the economy, I think our economy is still strong, and I think the dollar is still in good shape. And inflation, there's no better way. Inflation sucks. It's yeah. just, it, it and does. everybody is feeling... They're feeling the pain of it, mm -hmm. and and which what we saw today is who's feeling the pain of it today, market wise, Matt. Uh, yeah, we saw we saw Dick's Sporting Goods fall over twenty percent today. Yeah, um, and part of it, you know, it is inflation. We get that, but the the more concerning piece there was um, they noticed that their profit margins have shrunk due to theft being on the rise. Um, and I think we've seen that with a lot of different companies. Walmart had a huge issue mm -hmm. with theft. We've seen people now checking receipts as you go out the door. Uh, the Costco model. Yeah, the Costco model, exactly. So theft is a huge concern. And like you just said, it's it's largely due to inflation. People can't afford um, to live the exact way that they were before oftentimes. And so... Unfortunately, they've resorted to <laughs> stealing, um, and it's just the reality of things. I, I looked it up in, in Dick's Sporting Goods here. They reported a 23% drop in their profit margins while their sales were still up 3%. Right. That's interesting to me because sales, I mean, that shows that 
the consumer is still buying. Sales are up. Yeah. Um, now, whether or not people can actually afford to be buying what they're buying or whether they're putting it on <laughs> a credit card, yeah, that's an entirely different conversation. But um, it it does actually appear that, you know, theft is on the rise a little bit. Retail is slowing. But, Justin, can you give me a little bit of maybe some of the positivity? And it doesn't look – that looks like, you know, there's not much to report that's positive. But right. can you extrapolate out of that a little bit of positivity? I guess even it's a more of – so what is – which we're just talking about. I was just talking about – we're talking about Dick's Sporting Goods, which yeah. this is not investment advice at all. Mm-hmm. But it's also is – it's going to be interesting to see what steps they take going forward to – right fix it i mean some of their profits are probably eaten into stuff is just higher priced Mm -hmm. and transportation costs are higher right fuel Uh, has gotten pretty expensive right we've seen that um and so it might just be a little bit of a wake-up call to the company and maybe even a wake-up call to other realtors Mm -hmm. retail stores sorry uh, realtors retail stores i think retail is going to have to adjust On your point, they they got to figure this theft problem out, and this is an eye opener to all these other companies saying, "Hey, you might want to get ahead of this thing because it's an issue." Mm-hmm. Um, and we always talk about on this show too, um, opportunity, right? As investors, theft is not an opportunity. No, no, it's <laughs> um, no opportunity. Like if you're an investor, right? And this isn't advice to go buy the stock by any means at all. But, you know, anytime you see a huge drop in, in a stock price like that, maybe it is an opportunity to go out and um, if it's a company that you really believe in, maybe it's an opportunity as an investor. Not that this is advice, but um, we see that, right? Sometimes the market overreacts to news. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe this isn't an overreaction and maybe the stock price gets a lot worse. But um, sometimes in the wake of bad news, we see opportunities come up. Um, so yeah. And what was the glorified stock of the day? What was it? Oh yeah. We were looking at the big winner of the day. Hasbro. (laughs) Yes. Right. Like Nerf guns, Nerf guns. And, um, they make a lot of board games, Dungeons and Dragons, Mm -hmm. I think was one of them. Monopoly. Um, and so we were, we were joking about that and I was like, you know, maybe with um, inflation running hot, people can't afford to play with <laughs> with real money, so they're going out and buying <laughs> Monopoly and uh, playing with fake money instead. So Hasbro was the big winner of the day. So that was a little bit of uh, what we saw in the news. But um, this segment of the of the show is starting to run a little bit long, so I think it's time for our first profit break. Um, But when we get back, we're going to talk about some of the numbers that maybe aren't in the news. So stick around. You guys are listening to the True Wealth Radio Show. And this is Matt Dixon. And Justin Bruggeman. And you guys are listening to 1240 KQEN and 93.9 FM. All right, listeners. Welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. We hope you're having a wonderful Tuesday. Justin, to recap, we started the show talking a little bit about what's in the news. We know that mortgage rates are a little bit high. Um, the Fed is still remaining a little bit hawkish on mm-hmm. the inflation numbers. We saw some stocks go up. We saw some stocks go down. But we want to kind of jump into the meat of this thing and start talking about some numbers that aren't necessarily in the news. 
And I know when we started looking into this earlier today, the thing that really surprised me was we're not really talking about the true numbers behind AI. And it seems to be a popular topic. Everyone wants to know how is artificial intelligence going to shape the future, right? right. We want to know what is what is it going to look like, but behind the scenes, how is the cookie really being baked? Right. And so talk to me a little bit about um, kind of what your thoughts on AI are, and then we're going to jump into some pretty hard numbers here that really might make you rethink the landscape. Well, first is, what is it? Mm-hmm. Which people can define it, define it in a lot of different ways. So I pulled up the actual definition so we can go and see what it is. Mm -hmm. And artificial intelligence is the theory and development of computer systems able to perform tasks that normally require human intelligence, such as visual, visual perception, speech recognition, decision-making, and translation between languages. What really surprises me is everyone thinks when they hear AI, right, they think of maybe self-driving cars or robots. Um, Chat GPT has been a big one. Mm -hmm. uh, this is kind of just a getting into the weeds moment. But uh, at work the other day, Heather was showing me some of the abilities that AI now has behind artwork. And it's really fascinating. You can ask it to paint a picture and give it a ton of really, mm -hmm. really in-depth detail. And I watched... I watched it do this, I don't know what, six months ago or eight months ago. I don't know how long it was ago. But when it was first really hitting the scene, I watched its abilities to perform this really complicated artwork. And it really struggled kind of out of the gate. Now, it's absolutely insane. It's what, learning. Oh, <laughs> it is. It's learning, yeah. But its ability has really, really grown. So AI mm. is ramping up at a really fast rate. Um I, I forget the numbers, but it was, you know, the if-then statements. They've mm -hmm. been programming AI, and it, just in the last, like, three or four months, they said it's become five times more powerful at learning how to make decisions based on the input. And right. so you got to think, too, behind the scenes, what does that look like as far as data storage is concerned? Um and how does the computer know whether or not something is right or wrong? At some point, humans have to get involved. And so we are now seeing more and more people become employed by this because we have to sift through the data and we have to tell the computer sometimes how to respond because it doesn't always know. Right. And so the language dialogue behind the scenes is really developing at an extremely fast rate. And we tend to think about AI from the standpoint of, you know, we put something into the computer and boom, it just spits something back. But behind the scenes, I wanted to look at what's not in the news regarding the energy that it takes um, to run this, the manpower that it takes to run this. And I came across some really interesting stuff. So I'm going to lay it out here and I want your opinion on this, Justin. So the University of Massachusetts conducted a study and they wanted to know how much energy does it take in order to train a popular large AI model and so they looked into this 
and they found that the training, on average, produces over 600,000 pounds of carbon dioxide. And you're probably sitting there and thinking to yourself, well, what does that really mean? That's the equivalent of around 300 round-trip flights between New York and San Francisco. To put mm. that in comparison, that's nearly five times the lifetime emissions of the average car. So, we think about AI as this, you know, put something in and get something out type of situation, but the reality right. is it's actually not nearly as green as you might think, number one. And number two, um, it is consuming a lot of energy behind the scenes in order and a lot of waste in order to be able to produce um, what we want to get out of it. It's got to it's got to be trained and it's not cheap. Um, and so you look at like the the average U.S. car, the manufacturing and fuel consumption that that car takes comparatively, it's like one hundred and twenty six thousand um, uh pounds of carbon dioxide so the ai model is taking five times the amount as that car right and so we're spending a lot on energy costs and emissions just to get this stuff trained in order to be able to do what we want it to do isn't that pretty wild that is wild yeah um and even just kind of looking at this data which this is completely off topic um it's funny how it, which I'm looking at a chart that shows the human life and then American human life on carbon oh, yeah. dioxide consumption. Oh, so just like over the the entire world, what does Compared the average human emit right. in emissions of carbon dioxide? Okay. And, and then Americans are what did three you find? times more. Americans emit three times three more times emissions more. One American life versus, you know. Well, that doesn't surprise me. No. We are uh, pretty high on our use of um energy and other consumables compared maybe to someone else in another country. Which I think with this, is, you know, it, this is certain AI models. I'm assuming it sure. is not, you know, everything that is... No, this is just individually, you know. Right. right. Which I don't know the context of what this AI machine was yeah. producing. But I think it's really important to know that it's not as energy and um, efficient as we might think that right. it is. Um, and, and it's not just the energy costs, right? Um, we're have, we're seeing big companies roll a lot of money into AI to try and get this thing up off the ground and right. really working the way that it needs to. Um, I know that Microsoft, when OpenAI was seeking funding, Microsoft dropped like $10 billion mm -hmm. in startup yep. money just to try and get this thing up off the ground. Um, that that's pretty significant. Yeah. So we're the, seeing the a rollout of ChatGPT was over four billion. Right. Yeah. ChatGPT costs a lot. Um, so Microsoft and a lot of other companies are really going all in. Right. They're pushing a lot of chips in on this, with a thought that you know it will work. And so that makes me kind of think it's too late because a lot of people are like, we got to stop this. And I'm like, the money's already gone there. <laughs> like we're not stopping it. That's wishful thinking. Um, we might be able to regulate it. Sure. Um, try. We can try maybe, but the reality is where the money goes, like you're, you, you can't really stop it at this point. The big companies, the big corporations, 
they've put their money there and we're going to start seeing the results of that. I know that NVIDIA, um, they're selling the majority of the chips that are kind of the building blocks and the foundation for getting this AI up and going. And they're getting like, on average, I think it was like $10,000 per chip. That's insane. Right? And so, and we've seen NVIDIA's stock price um, really react um, to this investment in AI. We've seen the stock run up um, pretty significantly in the last six to eight months. Um, but it is taking a toll on the environment and it's also taking a toll on people directly. I know that um, in Africa, the labor market is really kind of feeling the toll from this because um, like we talked about earlier in the show, it takes people to filter through all of this material and to sort through it and help the language models develop. And so we're employing people over there for like $2 an hour to filter through chat GPT and, and similar um, AI models. And what's actually pretty sad is some of the mental fatigue. That I these can imagine. Work, yeah, and some of the graphic nature of what we are putting into the AI. Um, and it's really taking a mental health toll on people. And it's kind of sad to see, but it's reality. Um, and so, you know, what else? What else can you think of, Justin, that might be kind of a big, um, a big piece of this AI push? Well, it's just that it's, it's where we're headed there, whether we like it or not. Yep. I agree. 100%. Um, and th I think a lot of the prop, the process of the AI is to take the human element out of mm -hmm. certain decision-making, which can be scary sometimes too because mm -hmm. the human element is sometimes okay right because it can't decide really between right and wrong i guess mm -hmm. unless it's coded that way right um and it's i don't um, how it necessarily helps in subjective terms like everybody's mm -hmm. situation can be completely different so how does how's ai going to do it because one size doesn't fit everybody mm -hmm. right and so that is you know my little bit of concerns with a lot of it which i like some of it because it helps with writing and stuff like that yeah like, how's i mean the we best use way it. To put this? i'm not gonna deny that i use it i use it yeah yeah it helps it's helpful but um i know one of the and i just got this note literally we came into the studio i sat down and we're getting ready to do this show and bloomberg pushes me a notification to my phone talking about how we might be facing up to eight trillion dollars in cyber crime this year oh from AI, <laughs> right? AI generated attacks on elderly people, um, people in general that are being, you know, kind of fished by this system. Uh, it's a real problem because AI can now sound like a human in a phone call, right? So you right. think you're talking to someone. Um, there's now language models where you can input a song and then AI sings it in the voice of Johnny Cash, right? And so you might think that, wow, did did I miss this song when Johnny Cash released <laughs> it? No, you didn't. Um, it's AI, and it's really spooky because, you know, what if someone 
you know, uses the the voice model of your child and then pretends to have kidnapped your kid and they're, they're at school, right? We're seeing this stuff happen. It's pretty insane. Um, so AI is being leveraged by criminals. It's a concern. But this show isn't just to instill fear today. We wanted to talk about some of the positives. And I think that AI does have the ability to make our lives easier. We're seeing mm-hmm. that already. Um, sometimes there's really trivial jobs that people would hate to do and it kind of sucks your soul. AI can step in and do those really repetitive jobs um, with ease and at volume and faster than humans can do. It stands to be able to make our lives easier, but there is a cost and we are going to have to navigate these waters um, and tread lightly. Well, I mean, it can even, it can gather information quickly. It absolutely You know, can, there's yeah. certain, like, information even that we, we, we may even be after. Mm-hmm. And instead of, you know, spending, you know, call it three hours saying, right. going to all these different places to gather this information, it can give us the ability to ask these questions and at least it centralizes the information to then, it saves time. It can. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we've had our little rant about AI. I think it's time that we go ahead and just take a profit break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some easy or not so easy ways to build wealth because that's what you care about. You guys are listening to the True Wealth Radio Show on 93.9 FM and 1240 KQN. This is Matt and Justin Bruggeman. And we'll be right back. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show, where today you've got Matt Dixon and... Justin Bruggeman. Live in studio, and we're talking about all sorts of different stuff. If you happen to miss the first half of the show, go ahead and go to our website at littlejohnfs.com. Check out the podcast. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're basically everywhere, so check it out if you missed the first half of the show. But... In the second half of the show, we are going to talk about some easy and not so easy ways to build wealth. Mm -hmm. So first, we're not going to overwhelm you. We're going to start with some easy ways that you can build wealth. Justin, what's something that is easy enough to do to get people on the track of building wealth? (laughs) Earn money. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone complain that they don't have this or they don't have that. And then I come to find out they don't put in 40 hours a week or even 30. They work part-time and they they just expect to be handed something. I don't know. I don't know. All I can tell you is that if you want to earn some money, you better go work. And if you're not making enough, work more. And if that's not good enough, get a skill set. Do something right. to improve yourself. You can do it. It's just do you want to. And a lot of the times the answer is, no, I don't want to. I just want to complain. And to that person, I say, boo frickin' who, do better. Justin, what's another easy thing? Um, yeah, well, one of the easiest, well, try to be the easiest things, I guess, is to stay out of debt. Yes, that and would be a good one. That that helps tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to save money automatically. Okay, what do you mean by that? Whether, which you can... You know, technologies at you know our fingertips all the time. So, mm-hmm. I mean, even if it's automatically having you know a portion of your check or kind once of, it hits your bank yeah. account, go into a savings account. Auto draft some money yeah. away. Auto you draft know, money. I think you're onto something there because 
when it, especially if you you if you have it withdraw like either the day after or like the same day mm-hmm. that you get paid if you don't really notice it then you're going to adjust your spending accordingly yeah. that's a big piece for a lot of people absolutely now, some people it, it varies but and then they that's have, a good idea and then they have certain technology i know the bank that we use is it tracks our spending out of mm-hmm. our checking on a weekly basis and if we're under or over it kicks money into our savings account automatically that's pretty cool um i do i have something similar uh, I, it breaks down my spending by category right? right and so i look at that and i look at it often and i say hey you know the last three months on average, we were too high in this category. Let's kind of watch ourselves here. We'll right. save some money. So that's a, that's a really good thing that you brought up. But w- can you talk to me a little bit about some of the different you, – you mentioned auto-drafting money over, you know. Right, and that's one of the biggest benefits, of which this is a reason why a lot of people have money, have money even saved up for retirement is because of 401Ks. Okay. Because so, it's yeah. automatic savings before mm-hmm. you can touch it. Before and yeah, and sometimes even before it's taxed, right? You're deferring yeah, the taxes right. to later, which But um, it comes out yeah. of your check before you receive it. That's a big one. And so that is a that helps people. Mm-hmm. Um and there's different types of accounts that you can set up, which the four oh one K is just the kinda easiest one that That's if your employer if offers it. If your employer it. offers it, sure. you're enrolled in it, you put money aside, it automatically goes in, you don't see it, you don't touch it. Um well you shouldn't touch it. And then but then there's other ways of savings on whether it's you want to use this, you know, building wealth as in money I'm using for retirement mm-hmm. or I'm using to purchase a home. Um, in future years. And so there's different accounts that are have different purposes and different tax ramifications. Right. Um, so if you don't have a 401k or a 403b um, or a simple IRA, which is a small employer, employer-sponsored plan, mm-hmm. or a SEP IRA if you're self-employed, um, and then they have traditional and Roth IRAs. So right. and Roth IRAs is after tax savings that grow and then in retirement is tax free. That's nice. That's that's a unique feature, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And there's limitations on income and things like that, but mm-hmm. um, and then traditional IRAs, so if you don't have a re- workplace plan, you mm-hmm. can still get the tax deferred and the tax savings each year and put it into an account and it grows tax deferred and then when you withdraw you pay the taxes later. You know something that's interesting, and I've noticed this over the years, is a lot of people don't realize that you can actually start an account that is separate from a retirement account. You could set up an individual account for yourself mm-hmm. and still put money in there and invest in stocks or bonds yeah. or CDs or whatever whatever it is that you're looking to invest in. You can do that. You, if you're married, you can open a joint Do-like account account. with your spouse and um invest your personal money that way there so what you're saying is there is a vehicle often for anyone and everyone depending on what it is that they need and what it is that they're looking for so if you don't know which one is best for you you should maybe ask an advisor right that that's a good time if you don't if you don't know what type of account you need or what's best seek advice whether it's from us or someone else um if if it is us justin how do they reach us uh, five four one three seven five zero eight nine eight. Yep. Or you can just go to the website at littlejohnfs.com. 
um, and you can drop a chat in there. You can even text that number that Justin um, gave out or mm-hmm. email us at info at littlejohnfs.com. Um, but yeah, so setting some money aside is a easy way to start trying to build some wealth. What are some not so easy ways though? What are some of the more maybe complex or difficult ways to start building some wealth? I don't know if it's necessarily harder. It's it's what it does make it harder for you to build wealth. So if you were in a high debt situation, mm-hmm. which you can even take the reverse, and you have compound interest when you're saving money. If it's invested, you're compounding. You know the money that's coming in and the interest. Right. It can work the reverse ways with debt it because can. as you compile debt, that interest is also compounding as well. That and you're it's working to pay against back. you, yeah. right? That money that could have been saved is now working against you. Okay. Right. And so, and there's different ways, you know, to pay off debt. I mean, what is the most, the Dave Ramsey most common ones, the snowball effect mm-hmm. is, you know, start yeah. with the lowest amount one yeah pay that off and then use that payment to To tack on to the next one and work yourself right work yourself up which i mean the moral of kind of that story is spend less than you make right and And it just takes discipline it takes mm -hmm. effort uh delaying gratification so it's not necessarily easy but it is definitely doable right um so that's a big one i think another one that is worth mentioning is just working to try and minimize impact on taxes right um there there are ways that you can work to lower your your tax um impact uh one of those that kind of just jumps to mind on my end is uh if your estate is large you can look at um setting up a trust um and as long as it's set up properly that can potentially save you um uh, or your estate i should say a negative impact on taxes. So looking at seeing if a trust is right for you or not, maybe it's not, maybe it's a will. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't need either, I don't know. But there are ways that you can work to mitigate the tax impact. Um, and that that's a really big piece. Yeah, and there could be different things if you're inheriting money and things like that. Mm-hmm. Or, you, you or know, strategic you, gifting. Right, yep. and you have money coming in, it might be a, you know, a year to jam more money into a retirement plan or something like that because you have this other supplemental income coming in. That's a good point. That can offset or, you know, because nobody likes paying taxes. No. And so the little or the least amount of taxes you can pay is usually what people want to do. Doesn't it just damage your soul a little bit when you have people come in and you look at the situation and it's like, oh, you didn't have to to do it this way. You could have saved so much more on your taxes if you had done it you know, yeah. this way. Um, so yeah, I think you're right, Justin. There's a lot of ways to frame that up in a way that makes sense. And the hard thing is, is you don't know what you don't know. Right. right. Um, and it's not necessarily, Hey, it's your fault. It, you didn't know. Yeah. Um, so if you're in one of those situations where you're like, man, um, let's try and be strategic about this. Talk to a financial advisor or do your due diligence and research a little bit. Um, but there are a lot of ways that you can minimize that impact. What else do you got for me? Oh, the other one, which then this is you writing this because 
I want you to explain this. Okay. Let's let's not be too conservative. Yeah. Which, what do you mean by that? I, I put that one on here because I think a lot of the times people get trapped in this mindset that I can't, right? Um, when it's and, usually I won't. Yeah. You're just <laughs> unwilling to take any risk. Okay. Life is really short, and you have to if you want – well, that's not true. I was going to say you have to take risks if you want to – um, start building wealth. That's not necessarily true. You might have had a trust fund that fell in your lap. You didn't take any risk. The wealth just was handed to you. That's different. But if you're if you're starting with you know nothing and you want to build some wealth, oftentimes you need to take some risk because um, it's kind of this necessary component where you you go out and it can be a lot of different things right you can use leverage to buy real estate um and then potentially sell it at a profit there's a lot of different ways that you can um take some risk it could be starting your own business right mm-hmm. there there are a lot of ways um that people just need to be aware of and say hey um I'm not going to just sit on my hands. I'm going to go out and I'm going to try something. And even if I fail, that's okay. But at least I failed with good intention and right. effort. I think I read something earlier. It was, and it was interviewing like, I don't know, a couple hundred self-made millionaires. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like 52% of them failed at least one company. Yeah. Yeah, over right. half over half failed along the way right. in a major way. They failed, um, but and I think you just touched on something that's really important. Those people that are now self-made millionaires, what did they do? They failed the first time. The key there is they got back up and they kept trying. Right. The people that allow themselves to get defeated and have that mentality and that attitude are the ones that don't realize their full potential. Right. Um, but okay, wow, we uh, we are right on time for a break justin so when we get back we're gonna have some tips of the day for investors tips that might allow you to build more wealth so we're gonna take an obscene profit break this is matt dixon and justin bruggeman you guys are listening to true wealth on 93.9 fm and 1240 kqen all right everybody welcome back to the final segment of the true wealth radio show where I am Matt Dixon, and in studio with me today is... Justin Bruggeman. And we have been talking about a lot of different things. We kind of chatted about what's in the news, what's going on there. We talked about AI and how it's not nearly as green as you might think. We talked about how um, kind of some of the logistics, I guess, behind what's really going on there. And then... The third segment was kind of surrounding uh, different ways to build wealth, and we're going to kind of also finish on that note with some tips for investors. Um, And, you know, as we're putting this show together today, I stumbled across a quote on the Internet, and this was just from a random person. And the question was, you know, um, how how do you really make it, right? How How do you get to a spot where you're feeling good about things? And this person replied with this comment, and I copy and pasted it here. And I'm going to read it back to you because I thought it was actually pretty powerful. The person said, I live within my means. My means are adequate. They are adequate because I deliver something to be considered of value. I am a, I'm not a monster. 
people don't run away from me. I am surrounded by nice people and in a nice society. And I I don't know. That just kind of stuck with me. How do you how do you be successful? How do you get to a spot where you're feeling good in life? Right. Um and I think, you know, that that kind of sums it up. What did you what did you take away from well, that, Justin? A little bit of it is because I mean, I live within by my means, mm-hmm. which that's different for everybody. Sure. Um which is which I take it as live within my means is for what I have, this is what I spent. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you're not going crazy. You're not living outside right. of the... You're not trying to portray something right. that you're not, right? You're setting the bar at a certain level, and right. you're saying, you know, this is realistic. Um, it's achievable, and I'm going to uh, strive for that. Right. And that they're adequate, and it's it's enough for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to determine that in life. What What is it that you really need? Yeah, and because if... What you have is not adequate for what you want, then mm-hmm. you need to you make got, adjustments. Yeah, make some changes. Either, either it's make more money or adjust what you need, Absolutely. what you think you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I love this that even that you wrote. It's you set the bar high enough where you're not miserable, mm-hmm. but don't necessarily spoil yourself. Yeah, my favorite part in this quote was the part where they said. Apparently, I'm not a monster. People don't run away from me. Right. Too many times people forget that part. It's like, hey, you know, don't be a jerkwad. Jerks end up alone, miserable, and then money doesn't fix your problems. So you really got to take a step back sometimes and really assess yourself and be honest and say, do I suck? Because if you're <laughs> just not a good person, what is this, this? The True Wealth Show is about more than just money. Right. If you don't have people around you um, because you're mean, well, what's the point? Right. So. And, you know, being quote unquote miserable can be contagious. So you're just making other people not. Yeah. Feel adequate or not. Mm -hmm. um, Not happy. And then the surrounding yourself with good people, I think, is actually a big one. Mm hmm. you yeah, know, if it you're matters around, who you surround yourself. Yeah, right. if you're around negativity all the time, that's going to rub off on you. Right. And yeah. so you have to be conscious enough to say, hey, you know, I am going to um, surround myself with positivity and with mm-hmm. people that want stuff out of life, right? And even um, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you or more specialized than you in, that. in different ways. Yeah, there's a lot of wisdom in that. And and that is a really big one. Is is I don't know everything. I I try to. And don't pretend that you do. Yeah. Yeah. Don't pretend like you know everything. And so surrounding yourself with people that you know come from different backgrounds, different lifestyles, mm-hmm. it also allows you to understand what you want even going forward. On you don't necessarily want everything that everybody else has. But you can also see things in other people that you surround yourself with that are like. Well, they have that, but why does it does it make their life any better? It mm-hmm. might to them, but maybe it doesn't to you. Right, that's a good point. So I think my big takeaway from the show today was, you know, we talked about some of the negativity in the news headlines, and looking at that and saying, okay, but where's the positives? Right, that was one of the biggest things that we touched on today. Was there's a lot of negative news. But that doesn't yeah. mean that there isn't positivity behind the curtain. Um, there are ways to 
make your life better, to grow your wealth. It all intertwines. And so um, I think it's doable. You just got to work for it and not be lazy. Yeah. Um, Justin, what was your big takeaway from today? Um, that w- Which, I mean, my big takeaway, but this has been inflation is still eight, like it's not, it, it hasn't been good. Right. And everybody is feeling the same pain that inflation has brought. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it gets, it's gotten to the point where people that necessarily don't pay attention to their spending are now like, whoa, yeah, this stuff is getting this expensive. And it, the struggle's real, but the struggle's real for everyone. And yeah. so you're not alone in it. Um, and this too shall pass. Indeed. Okay. Well, if anything that you heard today resonates um, and you want to talk to someone, you need to talk to an advisor, hit us up at littlejohnfs.com. But we're out of time. So this has been Matt Dixon and Justin Brugman. And thanks for tuning in to the True Wealth Radio Show. Seating program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.